breaker, breaker, can I get a 10-4? This is the Story Boys hauling a big stack of load down that freeway. Watch out, y'all got a bear in the air. And uh, and uh, put that put the hammer down on the hammer lane. This is Big Willie. Come on, what's your handle? Gotta introduce the yeah, podcast. Yeah, you do need to introduce the show, though. Come again, Big Matt. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you gotta introduce the actual podcast over. Now, come on, good buddy. No one's listening to episode 372 <laughs> of this year of podcast without knowing what the score is. Very well, Will. I will do it. Well, that means awaiting your next <laughs> message or assignment. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, you Googled that pretty quick. Hey, everyone, welcome to Story Break in Medias Res, the Writer's Room podcast where three Hollywood professionals, professionals used very loosely here, have an hour to turn a humble idea into a pitch for an awesome movie or television show. My name is Freddie Wong on the front seat, coming at you from the, the front truck. seat <laughs> of a truck. I'm rolling on down I-15 looking for some motion lotion. That's trucker speak for fuel. Motion lotion. That's, <laughs> trucker uh, slang is so fucking good. I like that you clarified the slang, but not your name. Oh, yeah, Big <laughs> Willie. I'm up here in in my Big Mac, which is a Big Mac truck. I'm Matt Arnold. I'm a road dog first and foremost, <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe a big strapper, a flatbed cowboy, if you will. And writer-director, when I'm not on the highway, delivering packages. So. Oh, that would make you a Buster Brown if you're driving a UPS truck. <laughs> we don't drive no fucking okay. UPS trucks hold here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This <laughs> this slang website, one of the slangs is just big truck. Yeah, big truck. <laughs> that's not slang. That's What's just that describing a truck. <laughs> wait, wait. If it describes no, no, your no, no, ding-dong, no. it's a slang. That describes a ding-dong. That's slang right there. <laughs> okay, no. It, a big truck is generally a truck able to pull a semi-trailer, usually with a trailer and not bobtail. <laughs> That's bullshit. So a big truck. All right, big folks. Truck. So today we're doing... Uh, today we're going eastbound down. <laughs> Got a lot of story to break. All right, so real quick, Matt and I kind of both discovered this game at like about the same time through our various sort of means. It's this game called Snow Runner. And we basically texted each other about this. This is a game where... Where you drive a truck <laughs> and you drive Through a truck mud. slowly. You actually own a trucking company and you acquire many trucks because one truck doesn't fit all jobs, Freddie. You need good scouts. You need some big rigs. You need some good yeah, off-roaders. Yeah. So, so I'm pulling up the website to give you what their uh, ad copy is. So basically this is a game where you quote, get in the driver's seat of powerful vehicles as you conquer extreme open environments with the most advanced terrain simulation ever. Drive 40 vehicles from brands such as Ford, Chevrolet, and Freightliner as you leave your mark on an untamed open world. Now, for me, I was attracted to this game specifically because there's a line on their website that says that you will haul, quote, extreme payloads. And I was like, I'm <laughs> buying that. I don't care what this is. I'm buying that and I'm playing it. Matt, what attracts you to this game? I just saw that it had like an 80 on Metacritic and I just looked it up. You know what it is? I've always wanted to play like Truck Simulator, but like the idea of just like driving a road for a long time kind of bored me. But the moment the idea that you were simulating like, because the picture of the cover is a truck like tipping over on a snowy mountain road with a bunch of metal pipes. And I was like, okay, the idea of like... Snow run ice runners, yeah. Or no, no, what's the dangerous truck movie with, you know, the World War II movie where they got the bomb on the truck? Wages of Fear. Yeah, the idea of like a Wages of Fear simulator was pretty awesome. And I was like, okay, I just want to try this out. And then I got really into it. And then we're like, Will, you like trucks? And he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, uh, you're you're a boy. <laughs> You like trucks? And he's like, you're right. I'm gonna, I do like trucks. And then he downloaded it too. I begrudgingly downloaded the game and I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. I'll probably get bored. Cherish, my wife, took a video of me playing this game and I look like I'm two years old. Like I just have the <laughs> fucking goofiest grin on my face. And I'm not listening to her at all. It definitely awoken. Like I had big truck energy when I was like a little, little kid. Like I was obsessed yeah. with trucks. So it's like, it's all back now. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, Will. When Matt and Freddie said that they wanted to do this for Story Break, I immediately hopped on board because of my long-standing love affair with CB trucker slang, which is my favorite. <laughs> I had a trucker character in something a zillion years ago, and I did a deep dive into trucker slang, which I absolutely fucking love. So to give you guys a little taste of the slang from the CB airwaves, you know, it's just, it's such a mix of like blue collar wits and like just, it's got its own quirky flavor. I'm going to give you the trucker names for some famous cities and you guys are going to guess which city it is. <laughs> oh, okay? this is a good okay. game. I oh, like it. Good. I like this. It's a good segment. So we're going to start with an easy one. Okay. Disney town. Oh, it's gotta be like Anaheim. Okay. Boom. 
Crashville. Los Angeles? Hold on, hold on. Like Chicago or Detroit. Feels like I'm No, that would be Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, shit. See a little play on the rhyme there. Oh, Crashville. Oh, that's good. This is the one I was really building up to because I was like, (laughs) oh, these are all really charming. Like Little Cuba is Miami. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Hotlanta is Atlanta. All right. Idiot Island. <laughs> is that Staten Island? Or no, it's Rhode California. Island? Literally California is oh Idiot Island. That's so good. That's perfect. perfect. That's amazing. You know what? If Welcome to Idiot Island, home of story break. Then I guess just straight up that decides that we have the worst drivers. Because there's anybody who would know That's true. That's who true. the worst drivers are. It would be truckers. That's true. Very, very fair. So we're going to do SnowRunner. Here's the thing. So, so yes, tell them about the lore because this is intriguing. Yes. Because, look, you are ultimately just getting in trucks and carrying cargo, whether it's lumber or, you know, spare drill parts, and you're essentially fixing the infrastructure of various out-of-the-way towns. So you start in, you know, Minnesota kind of logging Michigan, town. That, Michigan, that Michigan. That flood. That had, like, a flood and whatnot. So, like, okay, more or less, I get it. You're doing a trucker game. But the reason that SnowRunner has this weird lore or vibe to it is because it's kind of a lower budget game, there is no humans or animals anywhere in the world. It's like when you drive through the Michigan town, you're in a whole town, but there's no humans. Yeah, there's houses, there's cars and driveways, there's like the main street, there's nobody in There's nobody, but I kind of lied because there is a human. There's you. They actually put a human being in the cockpit. It's not like Burnout Paradise where there's just no humans anywhere and like there's not a human in the car. And they literally talk about in the developer thing where they're like, it'd be weird if there was one human in the car in Burnout Paradise. And so they just kind of made it like a weird car world. But this one's like, no, no, no. You, you are a man in a completely empty universe still getting contracts and just fixing abandoned towns and getting their infrastructure ready. And, and by the way, and a man who... On top of being like in a cab and driving the car and having your hands animate, also they programmed in like rudimentary AI. So like your character will fall asleep if yeah. you pull the parking brake and wait for a while. So it's like a human man with human needs is in this world. <laughs> and and I believe he has a wedding ring. He has a wedding ring. And then on top of that, it's not like a game like uh, Death Stranding, even though mechanically it has very similar sort of feel. Death Stranding, obviously, I think even pulls from the earlier iterations of this game. Because Death Stranding, you at least see you know hologram versions of other people and they kind of greet you. This is a totally barren world. And it's so barren that the occasional appearance of like a lone wolf is enough that people are like, is this part of the game? Like everyone's taking screenshots <laughs> and uh, as if they're sharing like screenshots of Yeti. As opposed to what? Wait, there's Yeti? No, 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 no there no. are. It's like Yeti. It's like Bigfoot. And people are like, oh my God, there's a wolf. Supposedly, Will, there are a few animals. I've yet to see one. They're so rare that on the Reddit, people take pictures of it. Like, oh my God, there's a wolf. I found a wolf. Has anybody seen a wolf before? Whoa. It's like that rare. So the other thing that's amusing about it is because you get a whole fleet of trucks, like, again, you are kind of running a truck company, and as you get further in the game, it's like, you might tip over your crane, so then you got to go and grab a scout to go and help, like, turn your truck back over, but it's always the same person, so the idea of this guy, like, owning 10 trucks that he, like, drives to places and then hops out and then runs back to his garage to get a separate truck, he's like Wally. Essentially, he's blue-collar Wally <laughs> in an abandoned universe, slowly fixing the infrastructure, I guess, for when society will come back or something. Anyway, so there's kind of a fun, weird, lonely element to the game as well that I think it's kind of like a trucker Animal Crossing. I think there's a reason why this game's kind of capturing a certain group of people like Animal Crossing is right now. The idea of you kind of be alone and just like having the pleasure of just fixing the world around you and that you can absolutely make it and the struggle is real, but the effect is real. Anyways. All right. So yeah, so that's SnowRunner. We flapped our jaws enough on this one. I think it's time to get down to the tough work of pulling this story out of the mud, gentlemen. Let's do it. Before we get into that real quick, Will, can you just tell me a little bit about trucker movies? Because you are the most familiar of all of us with truck movies. And it feels like this is an archetype that we need to be playing into. Everything we've described from the rugged wasteland to the sense of isolation and foreboding that permeates SnowRunner, we're talking about like Andre Tarkovsky's trucker movies, <laughs> what this is starting to sound like. Especially because yes. it goes from Michigan to Alaska to Tamir, Russia, which is the <laughs> northernmost frozen peninsula of Russia. Yeah. Trucker movies usually involve Burt Reynolds hauling a load of illicit booze. Uh, this, this I'm describing Smokey and the Bandit 
right now. But it's there's a sort of like again like the trucker as a sort of romantic American figure as the sort of like last American cowboy, you know, driving mm. across this great land of ours. Usually there's a sort of subtle contempt for local law enforcement woven in there because the truckers are always getting like smoky is what you call a police officer, although you also call mm. them bears. So like a bear in the air is a helicopter and stuff like that. So you know like a lot of trucker songs of which I listened to two straight hours last night involve <laughs> uh, getting radar fever, which is when you get busted by the uh, the cops or pulled over. <laughs> so yeah, they're just kind of you know fun ambling free spirited road movies with a kind of gruff. What's the point? So you're saying it's always kind of like a point A to point B trying to get some goods from A to B. It's a very so linear. I'll, I'll, I'll describe the plot of Smokey and the Bandit to you, which is maybe my favorite trucker movie. I also have to clarify that my love of this genre far outweighs my expertise with this genre. So my ego is writing <laughs> checks my body can't cash right now. But so Smokey and the Bandit, the Bandit, uh, Burt Reynolds is a legendary trucker. We meet him at the beginning at a truck rodeo, which is like a competition where truckers like, you know, basically do like, it's like a little trucking competition. And he gets hired. He takes a bet that he can move a truck full of Coors beer, nice. which if I remember correctly, is not sold on one side of the Mississippi. It's banned there. And he, so he's got to take it from Texarkana to Atlanta. If I remember the song right, the song Eastbound and Down is from Smoking the Bandit. But so then basically the movie is he teams up with his trucker buddy and they're going to race this load of illicit booze across the country. This illicit regular ass booze. <laughs> yeah, this beer. That you just, alcohol. It's just a dumb macho bet, basically. Yeah. So they're going to haul it across the country in 24 hours or less. He picks up Sally Field along the way, and I think the sheriff is like her dad or something. There's always an angry sheriff based on the guy from In the Heat of the Night. It always seems like. And uh, yeah, you know, then he, then they get into hijinks. He's driving a Trans Am, you know, thwarting the law, you know, to keep them away from the truck. It's that kind of thing. So I do want to say that the genre in general, like as it's kind of known in the 70s and movies like that and Convoy, that's like big open freeway trucking. It's not like man stuck in the mud kind of trucking. Yeah, it was fascinating as we described in terms of kind of like the political ideology. They are like polar opposite snowrunner what you described what you described and what i think trucks in general represent in america like they're the ultimate libertarian vehicle right it is like <laughs> i am this big truck i'm gonna do what i want i'm anti-authority i'm not hurting anybody let me just have a fun time and ride it out people you know like go the road is ours so that's like smoking the bandit or kind of like normal american truck movies mm -hmm. whereas snowrunner is like you're like a slave to society to some degree like oh, right it's like a communal sort of like this is a gig like here's your truck help out humanity help out your fellow man as you go around this it's a as very you go around this landscape uh, yeah using your trucks for the necessity of this world which needs your help you hit on something right there snowrunner could not be made by an american studio because in america the idea of the truck and conquering the land and being able to go places is so tied in with the american individualist identity that the idea of then you have to do this, but you're doing this in service of a community to rebuild is like total anathema to, I think, the American dream. Oh, well, yeah, like, you, you're absolutely right. That is interesting. Yeah. In SnowRunner, it's like the sort of like communist proletarian, you know, sort of everyman hero, right? Compare his anonymity to Burt Reynolds in Smokey <laughs> and the Bandit, right? Like if this was an American company, an American game, there would at the very least be like a 10 minute cutscene introducing you to the cool ass trucker you play, right? But they're like, yes. no, this could be any one of us, right? Like this is the, the <laughs> yes. trucker in SnowRunner is like the spirit of our collective will to, you know, to pull ourselves out of the mud of adversity. No, if we want to get really analytical, you could even get into in the economy of the game because it is, you know, notoriously stingy on your rewards for doing a mission you'll spend like an hour grabbing like metal plates and like trucking up through a mountain and getting stuck and grabbing a crane and riding yourself up and finally getting there and you get like a thousand dollars can you imagine an hour-long mission in grand theft auto giving you a thousand dollars and then they also do this thing where one all the expensive trucks you can kind of just find out in the wilderness it's actually better just to find trucks than buy them and when you buy and sell there's no depreciation of value yes because it's not a capitalist game right it's just a truck is worth what a truck is worth yeah interesting it's just this open economy that's like once you get it it's kind of there and there's no cost to selling or or exchanging goods you kind of just move your stuff around to whatever michigan needs not only that by the way not only that 
the idea of personal properties almost doesn't exist in the game because you can just get <laughs> into trucks that you find. Yeah. And it, sometimes these trucks are in someone's driveway or like clearly belong to someone. <laughs> it's just yours now. Like you can just take it as necessary. It's not yours. It's Michigan's because that That's truck's going to go yeah, out yeah, and yeah. fix everything. You're right. You're right. An American company would not make this game. There's just subtle shifts in to each according to his needs from each according to his trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This uh, game's right. so good. It's okay. such a good game. Interesting. Okay. Again, it's the Andrei Tarkovsky <laughs> trucker movie. So yeah, what's the angle on it? How do you make this an entertaining movie? Because obviously the thrill of the game itself. Okay, there's two, at least, you know, we can all talk about it. But for me, to what Will often does when we kind of do a movie on a video game, is like, how does the game make you feel? And to me, the thrill of the game is one, it's got that perfect level of challenge where Right, it's just the satisfaction of being smart and overcoming. And then it is the inherent thrill, like Will said, of the being a two-year-old, of just getting big trucks and, like, <laughs> rolling through the mud. And, like, like the first time you get a truck that's, like, 30 feet long and you see a slope that's, like, 30 degrees, you're like, I can't make it up it, but maybe I can. And then those wheels hit the ground and, they, and your truck's almost flipping and then you make it up over a rock. Like... I don't know. It just hits that lizard brain part of you where you're like, I did it. This may derail, but I just want to throw this out here. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in the spirit of getting to that and that feeling, one of our friends who has kids has told us there was this show on Netflix that just blew the minds of his little son called Dino Trucks, which is basically <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs and trucks. These are giant creatures who are half dinosaur off truck. And it was like perfectly tailor made for like, the seven-year-old brain. Let mm -hmm. me just throw this out here. What if trucks can only be controlled by eight-year-olds in a <laughs> Evangelion-esque like pairing, like they have to be paired with kids Holy in the shit. future? So kids, it's little kids having to rebuild America or wherever the place has been, and it's all like eight-year-old truckers because they're the only ones who can interface with like the technology. I don't know. <laughs> That's a but very like, good movie. I unfortunately don't think it's SnowRunner. But Neon Genesis of Evangelion with trucks is the greatest pitch I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that, <laughs> we should absolutely just pitch that as a kid's show to Netflix. You do that the right way, that, that is very good. You know what you're talking about, Matt, in terms of you know going through the mud and stuff like that. And again, for me, the, the moment the game came alive was the first moment that I took my big truck and pulled an even bigger truck out of the mud. <laughs> that was like... <laughs> yeah. It was like the Matrix where he's like, what are you saying? I can dodge bullets. I was like, you can truck trucks. <laughs> <laughs> but there is an element that is very like man versus nature, right? Yeah. Like there is a sort of like asserting your will over the rugged, cruel, indifferent earth. Yes. That man is able to move machine where machine should not go, right? Like, <laughs> yes. it's not the American sort of like, you know, libertarian contempt for Yankees and law enforcement that's on display <laughs> in, yeah. um, Smoking the bandit. bandit, but it is like its own kind of bleak. I'm assuming Eastern European way of like being yeah. like the world is cruel and unforgiving, but we shall assert ourselves over it, kind of thing. There's still a the sort of well, you get humbled in the game, right? Like not to keep going back and forth, but like the GTA version of this game, like you get stuck because there's like an exploded bridge and you got to do something cool. This game, it's like there's a big rock in your way. <laughs> yeah, this game, you're like you're Spend like two hours dealing with that. Yeah, you go up a mountain and then you just get stuck in mud. And you're like looking around and you're this huge vehicle. Again, you, your metaphorical massive penis was conquering a mountain and then you just get stuck in mud. And you're like, wait, what? And then that's it. And then you're like, well, that's, that's 30 minutes lost. I got to go get another <laughs> truck. I got to drive up here and I got to pull myself out. Like, you know, stay humble. Like, you know, you could get stuck in mud. Okay. It's that simple. All right. All right. All right. I feel like we've scouted the, movie, the terrain. By the movie. By the movie. So let's talk about a couple of elements of this to me, which seem... I'm reminded of Stalker. Yeah. It seems very metaphysical. So I know in the Michigan one, in the Michigan level, the explanation for why it's so muddy and why there's no one around is like there was a big flood, right? Which almost has a biblical feel to me. Ooh, I like that. Let's let's go with that. I like that. This flood, you know, wiped out Mi Michigan and this one guy is being sent in to rebuild it. So the first thought that popped in my head would be to do that, like, it is basically Cars or Doc Hollywood, and your main character is, like, Smokey from Smokey and the Bandit, mm -hmm. who's this cocky rebel. Or, like, it's even, like, a hallucinatory sort of, like, dream odyssey as he's going through these locations, you know, that maybe have symbolic representations of his life. Oh, and then oh. <laughs> okay, I have an idea. I have okay. an idea to give it the frame. I, I like that. So I think what you do is... Imagine, let's just stick with Michigan for a second. Let's try to combine these two genres just a touch. Mm -hmm. You could do 
What happens if your main character was like he went to prison or whatever because he was, you know, whatever, running cores across the Mississippi <laughs> and <laughs> his job, he had community service and his job was like, you got to transport this lumber over to the dam or whatever it is. And then the flood happens and it's like, again, if he completes this, he's free. Like this is the end of his community service. And everybody else flees the town, but he refuses. He's like, the moment I do this, I'm free. So like, you know, everybody else is fleeing the town and whatnot. And he's like, I'm not leaving because they like are going to put handcuffs on him. Like, all right, let's go. Like, he's like, when am I going to get out of here? He's like, I don't know. Once this flood's done, we'll figure out how to continue your community service. He's like, bullshit. You made me a deal, Sheriff. The moment I complete this, I'm done. This is the end of my service. I'm doing it right now. And then like everybody else leaves the town. Now he's alone in this flooded town. Oh, because then you could do the fun thing as he's moving the cargo, you know, across this whole city to get there. He's finding all these like you know, these destroyed houses and like little help. And like, you know, he starts learning about other people or something as he's alone in this wilderness or whatnot. He comes across. Oh, so you're saying it's the journey of an individualist towards a collective mindset. Towards yes. A, yes. It's communist propaganda <laughs> taking over the most American movie of all time. Yes, exactly. Interesting. I don't know, something like that. And then it's Bernie Sanders on the CB being like, hello, good buddy. I am once again asking you the truck. <laughs> Can I get a 10 for <laughs> that's great uh, it's impression. so I, I like that Matt one thing I want to point out though is that if we're going to do a movie called Snow Runner he needs to get into the mountains at some point and deal with snow Staying in Colorado but no, no, no 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 I mm. like this idea just to take your thing and kind of push it even further mm. the idea of a great biblical flood coming and mm-hmm. like hitting like let's say like there's like a chain reaction you know positive feedback loop due to global warming and there's this huge flood Mm -hmm. that hits all of north america and like the idea that someone needs to get across america and canada for like a point a to point b kind of thing oh oh, what if it's a guy who's like in alaska who's married and wants to get back home but Mm -hmm. along the way right like he has a truck across the flooded plains of canada and and the u.s just to get back to his family but along the way, he learns that, like, people need his help. People need his truck. And slowly, he's like, you know what? I actually need to help these people. And it becomes, this, like, there's, like, an odyssey a little bit. No, that's not bad if you do put people in the movie. So, yes, there's kind of, like, you can either do he's completely alone and he's just kind of experiencing well, this world. After just, just, no, no, I like what you're saying. The other version is, yes, you could do something where he has this selfish goal of, like, you know, the town's flooded and, you know, the cops flood or whatever. Right now, he's got a truck, right? He broke out. He's got a truck and he's just going to leave. And he's going to cross this floodplain and you know make it over the border or whatever and because he's got this tool of utility right he's got this incredible truck as he's driving he's finding people who need his help you know and as he's keep helping people and whatnot along his selfish journey he eventually learns something and i don't i don't you know then whatever and, and i would I say to jump in to jump in yeah my problem is that it, to me it's not a road trip movie where it's like mm. you're helping people along the way it is like yeah. it feels more like bridge over the river choir or something where there's like a mm. specific task that needs to to be done for him to earn his freedom. Yeah. Because I, I do like the idea that, like, you know, if you're going to do that, this hot-headed jackass trucker, like you see, you hear about in so many American trucker songs, gets into a bar fight or wrecks his mm-hmm. truck into the fucking, you know, sheriff's office and is in jail and is going to, you know, get the book thrown at him or whatever, and then there's this mighty flood, right? It would be like there's, like, again, like a huge boulder blocking the mountain pass out of town or something like that. Oh, that's fine. But then it would be like, it's kind of like if you give a mouse a cookie, like, the like, he needs to get this boulder moved, right? But to do that, he's going to need to help the farmer get the crane out of the mud. He's going to have to, like, uh, I don't know, like, it's like he has to help these people, you know, help themselves, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Something like that, maybe. Okay, okay, that's kind of getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to, like, I am interested in this biblical angle. I'm like, is it literally God to, to fucking with this guy? If you want to get the snow in there, you do the first day, there's just this giant flood, and then the next day, there's a huge blizzard. You know, like, it's just like, the they keep throwing stuff at him. Anyway, keep going. Okay, okay. If you want to do kind of biblical and a little more allegorical or whatever, I would do, it's not some sort of like deal he's got. I would do that he was put into solitary because he was such an asshole, mm-hmm. right? Or something like that. And I would do, he wakes up to this massive, you know, the whole building's rumbling and he gets knocked out and he wakes up and it's like the whole town fled because the dam was breaking and they left him. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this like flooded valley, mm-hmm. you know, completely alone by himself. And the, yes, yeah, so it's like the roads are broken down and he needs to get out of here Mm -hmm. you could do maybe though again that puts you in this like mindset 
Of... That's more just like an individualist survival thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Tricky. But that's, to be fair, where a lot of, like, if you're going to do an arc of someone joining a community, that kind of individualism at the beginning is yeah. not like there. a bad Yeah, you got to start, start there. Yeah. Yes. So, and I think, by the way, just, I, and just as a thing, in my head, thinking about the cinematic language of it, I don't think you can show, because it's, He's going to need to interact with humans to make that journey, right? He needs to be able to see the effect of his work, so to speak, of his good works. And I just feel like you need to see grateful faces on screen. Otherwise, it's just too divorced from... Unless uh, he's hearing grateful voices over his radio, Freddie. And then he only sees people from afar in his rearview mirror as they're waving at him to thank him. Well, I think what Freddie's getting to is what you need. Yeah, because the game doesn't have people, but there is an element of reward when, for example, like, yes, there are normal contracts you do, but some of the things you do are, you know, fixing infrastructure. So, like, when you fix a bridge, when you bring, like... Yeah, you get to watch the bridge get built finally. Yeah, which I was like, you don't see people, but it's like, you see the bridge get built, and you're like, hell yeah. Like, the bridge got fixed because of me. So there's that element of satisfaction. Again, all the missions are, like, again, like, I don't know what it is in a Alaska or in Russia, like, but in Michigan, it's definitely explicitly like there was a disaster and you were helping. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to feel this out. Let's stick with the Michigan disaster. Okay. And the flood. Cause that's, you know, that's what the game gave us. So how do you make a good... I like a dam breaking. I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know that there's a lot of dams in Michigan, but... Um, I mean, whatever. Michigan dam. Well, there's, you know, the Great Lakes. There is one in the game. That's the second area. Oh, okay, great. Well, yeah, then we're going to say yeah, the dam... Yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty in Michigan. Okay, so yes, there's a massive... There's a lot of dams. Because the dam breaks. Because America's infrastructure is crumbling. Because of the crumbling yes. American infrastructure, because of our lack of communal spirit. Yes. And people on... Get this, guys. People on both sides of the dam are affected. <laughs> oh. This guy was put into prison in Michigan because he was a communist. <laughs> and with the dam floods, all the private trucking companies are gouging out the places. And he's like, I'll do it all for free. And they're like, bullshit. You can't survive off of goodwill alone. He's like this biblical figure. And it's like people are like, here, take my diesel fuel. It's not much, but... You're doing a good thing. The people are like slowly donating to his cause. What a sandwich here! Oh, it's like that book Stone Soup. You guys remember Stone Soup, right? Stone no, Soup. what's Stone oh. Soup? It sounds familiar. Is this a kids' book? It's a European folk story, but it's also oh. um, okay. So basically, like a traveler comes to a village with an empty cooking pot. It's like a hungry, poor, you know, rundown village, and uh, everyone's like, "No, we don't have enough food to eat, right?" And so this guy comes into this area, and then he just sets his cooking pot down, and they're like, "What are you going to cook?" And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm making stone soup." And then he's just filling the pot with water and he puts a stone in it. And they're like, well, how do you make stone soup? It's like, well, you start with this. He basically like little by little like, tricks them all into contributing ingredients to the stone soup. Because he's like, hmm, it needs a little garnish. And then someone's like, oh, well, I, I could throw a little garnish in because they're excited about this big soup. So then one of them who was holding on to his carrots. That's is like, an interesting story. Yeah. It's like, oh, Walter, well, you know, if we're going to have a big tasty soup, I can give you a couple of carrots. And so then he is able to get them to all make a soup that can feed all of them. You know what I like about that story? What? It's that. On its surface, it's like a, kids will be like, oh, it's a story about sharing. But if you think about it for like two more seconds, you're like, it's also a story that shows that people don't act unless it's in their self-interest either. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that he's tricking them into sharing, but every single person who shares believes that there's going to be something at the end of that rainbow, so to speak. He's for basically the, for running them. a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a Ponzi, but with food. And then the end of the story is he takes the soup and he runs out of town. It's like, I got a shitload of soup. That's, in fact, the last line of Stone Soup is the hero says, I got a shitload of soup. <laughs> and there's a bunch of villagers um, shaking their fists at him, yeah. All right, all right, all right, okay, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about this guy. Let's talk. So we know okay. that he's married, right? That's all mm -hmm. he seems to be wearing a really comfy sweater every time I'm driving. <laughs> it's cold out there, is why. So he's this guy. Man, we are this is we're spinning, you know. That's right, Will. We're spinning our wheels in the mud right now. We're halfway up Story we're halfway Mountain. Through? With, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and we don't even know where the road is going. All right, we're we're gonna need to take a quick Let's break here. Pump the brakes. Let's engage the rear differential lock. <laughs> and Let's refuel. Our bank accounts. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to hit you, by the way, with Story Breaks. This is unprecedented. Story Breaks' first ever actual ad read. So stick around. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. 
We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. (gasps) And then watch this rocket blast off into space. Whoa. And there's the pies we made you. (gasps) Now, let's show you the podcast. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Whoa. Oh my goodness. That was 514 J.D. Power & Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah. I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. All right, we're back. Okay, look, in order to get up this mountain, as you said, we need to know where we're going. Yeah. I think that's why we're spinning our wheels. We just need to pick a clear objective, like... For all the wax poetic we just did, Snowrunner is very good at giving you clear objectives. It's like, here, go take this big thing to that area using your big truck. So I think we need to know what it is that we're trying to accomplish throughout the movie. And it does feel like, all right, if you were going to structure your five-act movie around one big truck thing per mm-hmm. act, what would those truck things be, right? If you're in charge of, like, a truck exploitation thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the five set pieces of this film? And then maybe we can kind of weave those together, right? So... Uh, fording a river. Fording a big river. Okay, yes. And there's yeah. a lot of tension to that, right? Yeah. Something's like tipping, like mountain pass, snowy mountain pass. Snowy mountain tipping. pass, I like quite a bit yeah. snowy mountain class with a big payload big yes. payload pulling another uh, wait, wait, wait. Aren't, aren't all of these big payloads though i guess that's true they're all extreme payloads they're all extreme payloads but yes yeah, so the mountain pass is all about the tires you know slipping over the edge and like one wheel literally being off the cliff as you're turning like that sort of thing and that's okay yes 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 and then you've also got i think riding yourself up like being tipped over is something that happens all the time in the game but like i think he should actually get tipped over and have to ride himself okay there's also i was gonna say pulling another car out of the mud or like pulling another yes. truck out of the mud seems like a sort of task like that has that kind of communal energy to it you're helping someone yes and then like what is like what's like the big climactic thing right like what is the task that you know he's gonna have to i will say i just finally started using the crane and the crane is so fun it feels like a big crane thing would be cool i could also see the mountain pass being like the final like the most dangerous thing it feels like the final thing just to also throw some thematics into it it feels like the final thing is like Point of no return. Oh, shit. The road is totally washed out. There's no way through. You're going to give up. There's, But then he pushes through or the driver pushes through and it's all the previous people they've helped have somehow, you know, like are helping get across or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So it feels like fording a river. If it's going to be a dam, feels like that's the thing. Like water and getting flooded feels like a real danger in a way that is. I, I don't know where this goes, but I was just thinking like if you did those five things, I could also see. I'm just trying to think of like an ending sort of feel. Because if there was something that the town needed on top of this like mountain, whatever it was, if it was like sending out a signal or like, you know, he has to carry this big ass payload and plug it in or whatever it is. I was just thinking like the final moment being that like he gets the payload up on top and in order to keep the trailer where it needs to go, like he sacrifices his truck and his truck goes like, you know, tumbling down the mountain and he's now stuck up on top of the mountain by himself mm-hmm. but he did what the whole town needed and then you think it's like okay well he did it but like this guy dies and then like the final moment is as he's like falling asleep freezing to death you hear a rumble and what is that another truckers come yeah to help him out and it's like oh like society helping each other out i like and it's that like he's gonna that's make nice it. i like that and if it's something like you know if he's selfish or something at the beginning i don't know but it's like yes yeah, like he does what's needed and then like the lesson is like yeah help others like be that person like, the person that comes to save him is the sort of person he is now. Like, he would do the same thing. Okay. All right. I had a very stupid idea, but let me throw mm-hmm. it because, yeah, I could see it playing along with this. Is yeah, I don't know how this would work, but if the last thing he needed to do 
was to blow a dam mm -hmm. or like pull down a levee or something like that. Mm -hmm. It would be like that you would do, like he's got the hugest truck of all time and he's got to like literally winch it to like a giant dam and then like rip it apart. But then he's getting chased by this wall of water and then yeah, he wrecks his truck and he thinks he's going to drown. But then like, who is it at the end? It's the bear in the air. It's like a helicopter comes in to pick him up and fly him out of there. And it's like the cop who he had had like, you know, like a disagreement with earlier in the movie and they come together. And it sets up the sequel snow flyer snow flyer <laughs> i totally play a game about rescuing people with helicopters too by the way that seems a little hollywood though i don't know that you'd okay anyway mm. um all right 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 so what is his sin right like what's his deal is it pride is he think he's the best trucker on earth how does he wind up stuck in this little town and you know um, i like the idea that he was this you know selfish like you know rum runner booze runner bootlegger smoking in the bandit type his sin is pride there, you know, mm -hmm. and his sin is using his truck only for selfish means. And what's nice about that is that unless you get the fans of the trucking genre into it, that's like you're in. They're like, oh, I get yeah, this. Yeah. This is a Burt Reynolds type character. I love this. And then at the end, they're going to be like, I'm voting for Bernie this year. <laughs> like, how'd that happen? <laughs> Damn propaganda movie tricked me. Here could be something. What if he wears the ring, but he's divorced? Right. Mm -hmm. okay. He loves the road so much that he has or wasn't able to make his marriage. Work. Mm -hmm. And so you do like it's this guy for whom, you know, trucking is this big identity for him and it's his pride. And I'm still just trying to get it like, how does he get stuck in this town? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess the divorce thing's good. You can also do like the sort of dead wife thing in terms of like he's kind of like, well, you know, I, I don't have what I want anymore. Like the world sucks. I'm just out for myself now sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the sort of libertarian mindset or whatever. So ultimately it comes down to like taking care of your family, right? Like you still have, yeah, it's you not like yours. the Ben Shapiro's of the world. Like I only care about myself. Screw you kid. Like my son doesn't get, it's like, no, it's like, it's a very narrow sort of take care of your most direct sort of tribe. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, take like responsible for your family. And if everybody else is responsible for their family, then everybody gets along like the end sort of thing. So it's like, if he lost that, like the only thing he has left is kind of take care of himself. And that's what he's concerned about. And, you know, over time he's going to see the whole, town as sort of his family and something he can be a part of and help or something okay so he's passing through this town right mm -hmm. at the beginning oh with his with his coors or whatever it is he's hauling yeah and then he's gonna get stuck here and then it feels like he needs to do something again whether it's getting into a bar fight and winding up in jail that probably feels like a good one right because yeah. then it's just his first objective is to just go get his truck Right? Like, and get yes, the fuck yes. out of here. Right? So, yes. Okay. Okay. So, he's got the best, like, starter truck you can get that you should try to get right away is, like, the International Paystar uh, 5070. So, it's like, you know, six-wheel kind of big truck, not quite a big rig, but enough to carry a lot of stuff. So, like, let's say he got in a bar fight, and then his truck got confiscated with his whatever he's transporting. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yes. The first thing he does when he gets out is go to take his truck and his starting goal is he's going to take these let's just say coors whatever universe this is where you can smuggle coors his job is still to get out of this floodplain and get his coors to wherever he was bringing it right mm -hmm. and then along the way it's like okay well he can't just leave like this place is flooded like the bridge is down when are you gonna get the bridge back up well i don't know whenever we get lumber he's like oh shit okay well i guess i'll do that so he unloads his coors and uses his truck to get lumber right mm -hmm. for them to build a bridge and he slowly in order to get out He's got to help everybody. Yes. And then at the end would be like the sacrifice he does is he drops his coors off the mountain or whatever in order to make the final run, you know, to make it over this like final gap on the mountain for whatever it is the town needs or sort of thing. And then he has the guy who arrested him or whatever is the one who pulls him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can kind of see that as like an arc. Okay, so all right. It feels like what you got to do then is if you're going to do that, he's late. So your, your opening sequence, I think, is on the highway is before he gets to the town. Mm -hmm. And hear me out. It's basically, this is like your James Bond intro to the main character, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, he's hauling ass with a big load of freight <laughs> and then Smokey gets on his tail, right? And then you're going to see mm -hmm. this guy in a fucking loaded big rig, like outflank and outmaneuver this cop to stay on schedule, right? Because he goes off road yeah, and the he, cop can't yeah, follow he's, him. Yeah, he's, he's that good. And then it's like, I ain't never seen no one take a big rig off into the mud before. <laughs> and we're like, wow, this guy's really good at trucks, right? Yeah. He has like a Batman-esque winch. On the front, so he doesn't even have to get out to attach the winch. It, like, just shoots out from the front and attaches the stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think the end of that scene is that he gets caught. Or the classic save the cat thing where, like, he is, 
you know, bombing it through this little town and he's almost out. And then a little kitty cat crosses the road and he jackknifes to save the cat. Mm. And then he, uh, well, well, the secret about save the cat is it's an unlikable character that he needs saving. This dude's running this from dude the cops in a big truck. He could run over a cat. And I'm still rooting no, for I'm him. Just this is the coolest. I'm saying, why does he get caught? Like, that's what I'm like. What, what is the thing that thwarts him? It can't be his prowess behind the wheel, obviously. Right. I mean, you could do that. He gets away and then he goes to take a quick drink to quench his thirst and he gets in a bar fight like i think his own stupidity is the more fun way like his own sort of um arrogance or something is the more fun way yes i guess that's true that's true that's true okay here's what you would do here's what you he bamboozles the law with his hot dog and big rig skills and now he winds up on a highway he's never seen before he's lost right so he pulls into this town to ask for directions or to figure out his map or whatever and you know maybe celebrate his victory with a well-earned brew and then you're going to get the character thing right which is essentially he's going to get into this bar fight because someone then for a reason i don't know yet oh here's a dope thing that will build up to the end bear with me okay. it's like okay he's doing this cool off-road scene he's driving away from the cops they're on the highway he goes off he's like how is this even possible they're like using a like no they can't have a helicopter but they're chasing him up a mountain and then there's like a small wooden bridge over this chasm oh he fucks up the bridge yeah yeah well he does it in such a cool way he drives across and he's got like a crane on his truck and he drops the crane like into the bridge as he's driving off and like literally rips the bridge apart behind him mm-hmm. and the cops like slide out one goes off the ravine and then you do when the place floods and their main bridge is gone the only way out there's a service bridge up there and it's like he took it out yeah, like his yeah, own yeah, yeah. stupid thing and now he's got to fix the problem that he did in the that's first very place. good i like it's that kind of like the end thing that's yeah. really good okay so yes yeah, so yes he oh Oh, sorry. You could even do if you do that one. The cops like flies off the ravine. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh shit, a dude died in this, and he's just drinking, having a good time. As he's fixing the bridge, you see her moaning. And he looks down, and when the guys that was chasing him is like on the edge of the ravine, and his final thing is saving this man. Oh. I was going to say that like you should definitely have like this Terminator cop who shows up in town to arrest him. It's very similar to uh, Heaven Nice. <laughs> I guess that's true. We got 15 minutes to bring this load on home. Hammer down on the hammer lane. Sticking with what we have, we can't go away anymore. Yes. I, I think that's the general structure. Okay, so, I mean, all right, so yes, there. where he's this hot dog and road hog and he bamboozles the cops. A hot dog and road hog. I, I like that it's his pride at the beginning. So it is like he is trying to do this run, this beer run or whatever, in a new record time. Uh-huh. And he's almost about to do it, right? And then yes, the Kessel run, but for beer. Yeah, he's doing the Kessel run, but for, yeah, for whatever product he's hauling. And, you know, everyone's he's got all the truckers on the CB or, you know, cheering him on. And he's not going to let this cop slow him down. And then he winds up stuck in this town. Yeah. Oh, you know, OK. In that case, rather than like a bar fight, the way you could do that is like he's so arrogant that as he's driving through this town, he looks, he's like, ha gonna make a record time i even got time to get a beer and he walks in and like grabs the beer and when he comes out just the kind sheriff just notices his truck i don't know does that make sense do you understand what i'm saying i kind of try no, i don't know what you're saying yeah I, you don't know i like that it is yes he's like hey, hey it looks like i still got time for a beer and they're like oh you know corn dog you're the craziest trucker that ever lived and <laughs> yes so then corn dog stops in to get a beer that's my trucking name i'm corn dog okay, <laughs> corn dog. okay. <laughs> Like, he avoids the elite FBI who are in, like, armored vehicles at the beginning. We do the most American over-the-top mm-hmm. trucking scene. And then he gets caught by this small-town sheriff because he walked in for a beer. And the sheriff is smart, and he notices his truck. He's like, this guy's carrying contraband. I haven't seen this truck around before. Mm-hmm. And he walks outside, and the guy's already impounding the truck. Yeah. And he's like, is this truck yours? He's like, uh, yeah, we can do about a small sheriff. He's like, well, you're under arrest, sir. And he pulls away. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, I got caught. That's fun. And I like that you could do it as basically, like, the community catches him. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, okay, so here's essentially what you do. As he's bombing around, right? Like, obviously, they never talk about this in the fucking trucker songs. But, like, clearly, the cops have radios, right? Like, they can explain what this truck looks like and who this guy (laughs) is. But, like, part of, like, he has a little flip button in his truck that, like, changes what the cab looks like, right? It ditches, like, the actual (laughs) thing. Like, he has a cloth that goes over it and, like, the, um... A license plate changes too so then mm-hmm. he pulls into this town but then because he's bragging and everyone essentially figures it out and then he gets arrested so he pulls in and he parks across four handicapped spaces <laughs> in a row and he hops out and knocks over a mailbox he's like give me your best beer he just puts a hundred dollars down he's like i don't need change and he pulls out, he's like huh, you guys all suck and he takes a guy's dart he throws a bullseye he takes a swig he chucks the beer bottle yeah, into yeah. the wall he's like anyways i'm outie you just saw the best truck driver that ever lived remember this day and he walks out <laughs> and he's just under a 
arrest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then he's been caught, mm-hmm. and then so he's rotting the night away in jail, right? And he's realized his world yes. is crashing down around him because this is like this is his twelfth offense, and he's gonna get his license suspended. He's gonna lose his job, and maybe you do. Hear me out. He prays to God for salvation, <laughs> oh, right? Like, get me out God. of this yeah, one, yeah. good Lord. And then there's a <laughs> biblical flood. <laughs> And it's That's like, really holy shit, right? And then he's like, hey, 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 it looks like I still got a pull with the my lord and savior. <laughs> the man and, upstairs. And, he, oh. and then he's like, where the fuck is my truck? And his, again, first things first, his truck has been washed away by the rain, right? Yes. And then people help him get his truck out of the mud. Yes. And then he's like, see you later, losers. And then he realizes he's stuck here. And then he's like, hey, wow, you're really good with a truck. You got to help us save our town, essentially, right? You got to help us get out of here. Oh, I like is even when he gets out of prison, like he probably walks into the sheriff. Well, he doesn't get his truck right away. He, the kindly secondary character lends him his beater truck. Yes. And then we can see him progress yes. different trucks. The first thing he does is pull his truck out of the mud. Mm-hmm. He could do, since we're talking about pulling out of the mud, is like he finds his truck, you know, wash in this like, you know, whatever cornfield with, you know, the soil's all bad and it's all mud now because of the uh, flood. And yes, he's got to pull his truck out. So he needs help from somebody. Oh, okay. What if you do this? Here you do at the beginning of the movie. There is a kid who's like 14 driving like a shitty truck, right? Mm-hmm. And you would do that like he was living with his like grandpa and his grandpa died and he wants mm-hmm. to sell this shitty truck so that he can go to like trucker school and become a cool trucker or something like that. <laughs> okay. And so at the beginning, he meets this kid in the bar. The kid's trying to sell him this truck. And he's like, well, I got the fucking coolest truck on the road. I don't need your piece of shit. And flicks a cigarette <laughs> in the kid's face. But then you, sure enough, that's the kid at the beginning who, who then like, yeah, helps him like get his truck out of the mud or whatever. I don't know. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. I think there's a small vignette of a person. And yeah. So, oh, small town Americana. Yes. Yeah, so aspirational, idealistic sort of trucker is the first thing he does. And he takes this kid's truck that he made fun of but now he needs this smaller you know a starter truck in order to pull his truck out of the mud oh it could be someone who has a tow truck if you wanted to do that like and it's the here's the mm-hmm. tow truck is the like this is the truck that helps people right like you know who get out yeah. of situations and stuff like that tow trucks are the benedict arnold of truckers it's like your truck does nothing but take other trucks away <laughs> <laughs> well i guess trucks are no i guess tow trucks like, that's are not useful. true i also have trucks that break down <laughs> and he makes a bunch of bootleg mods to it to improve it and say like, well you can borrow it so but uh, you know, Farmer Joe down the road needs a few pallets of this. So why don't you drop it off first? So it gets him the taste of helping people out. And he's like, "What is this feeling? Like this person's grateful." I like that you're definitely imagining this old man, but Will kept saying a young kid. But now it's definitely this young kid just has an old man's voice. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, "How right, old right. are you? I'm 17." I very much like the idea that whoever it is, they're 12. <laughs> they're 12. I'm 12 years old. It's like short round driving a tow truck. Yes. Like with the big blocks to reach the... uh, Anyway, so he gets his truck out of the mud and then realizes that the bridge is out. So now the goal of the movie is essentially set is we have to rebuild that bridge. Yes. Well, the first thing we're going to need is lumber from, you know down the creek or whatever like like there's like a big washed out road and the next town over has lumber or like or there's the old lumber mill they'll help us out right yeah okay so then you have essentially like a sort of road of trials of like him helping this town get this bridge built right yes so he wants to get out of there yes so then where does this go is there like a ticking clock or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you want ultimately to get to the point where he has the decision to get his coors out of here or he sacrifices what he was trying to do in order to save this town or, or help this town with something that it needs. It's not like everybody's going to die if he doesn't do this because then it's a decision between being a complete sociopath or a, a well, good person. Because I'm also like, if he, we were doing like he was trying to set this world record pace, like obviously that's blown to shit by this point. Yeah. The... Uh, well, he got these coors. I mean, the classic thing, like the classic kind of turn would be it's Army of Darkness, right? It's like he helps them do mm. their thing and accomplishes it. But then a secondary complication shows up and then he's like, hey, tough shit, I'm out. Like, yeah, I did my part. You know, like that would essentially be the kind of turn that you would have. And then you would have him, you know, be like, oh, but I can't. I got to go back. And then he, does, he goes back and, you know, does the he thing goes to save the and thing he, and the people. And he saves the people. Hmm. As they, what's something they could use on a mountain? 
there's a missile silo and a nuke's going to launch unless they get up to the top of this mountain. Oh, yeah. This is one of those nuclear facilities out in the middle of the wilderness, right? The flood has has killed the reactor. And so now this whole area is going to be wiped off the face of the map. Because it's going to be like be a no- Chernobyl exclusion zone kind of thing. Yeah, there's going to be a whole thing. So it's him being confronted with like, I could just get out of here. This is my way out. But these pe- I help these people. I put all of this work into these people. And this community, I'll be damned if I'm going to let a nuke stop me. Okay, okay, okay. okay. This is pretty good. Because here's how you could get essentially the complete loneliness from SnowRunner. Let's say it is like a nuke's going to go off. Honestly, I think what you do is throughout the course of this, he discovers you know, how much this town means to people. And throughout this, like, he sees that these people are going to recover. Like, this flood destroyed a bunch of stuff, but they're already rebuilding the bridge. You know, they're getting their farmland back. Like, over the course of this, like, couple days, it's, like, very clear this, you know, this isn't the first time they've experienced a disaster here. They're like, survivors. Right? They're yeah. survivors. But they're going to lose the town because, yes, this, this nuclear facility is going to blow it up. Yeah. And so everybody's fleeing because they got the bridge mm-hmm. built, and now they're all getting out of there. They're going to lose their town. They're yeah. going to lose their town. So as they're all crossing the bridge, he stops Yes, he decides that he's going to risk it all by driving through this abandoned town and getting to the top of the mountain and shutting down the nuclear reactor. So he can tow a nuclear missile. Yes, he can stop a <laughs> nuclear missile. He has to tow a <laughs> nuclear missile away from the town before it blows oh, up. Shit. Yes, oh, shit. exactly. Yeah. He needs to load a nuclear war, just the warhead, because you don't need the whole missile. The warhead's yeah. the thing that's the worst uh, part. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Go. Does he know how to dismantle a missile? No, he's obviously no, carrying the whole the, missile. The broken hearted nuclear fist physicist who's washed up in the town does no no but it's more that it's definitely more fun if he's towing a whole missile like that's your extreme payload at the end is a massive missile on the back of his truck that he's trying to pull down out the mountain and get it out into the you know whatever this big ass you know no the quarry into the quarry oh into the quarry yes yeah deep in the quarry and the quarry is run by like an asshole so it's fine and oh that's great because yes the final thing is he he just catapults his entire truck down the quarry at the end Mm -hmm. um with the missile oh well you could do that then they're gonna bury it under a bunch of rocks or something like that like obviously yes correct oh that's good like the whole town's like taking all their trucks and like right when they throw the missile down like they all have trucks ready to go and they start just tumbling big rocks down this quarry and like wait this wasn't a good idea and the nuke goes off and all these rocks go flying through the sky (laughs) and become missiles become (laughs) nuclear missile rocks okay so all right i'm trying to think of how you can make it he needs to get the missile to the other side of the mountain because right now it's going to detonate okay he's going to go to the the missile silos like at the foothill Mm -hmm. and he's going to take it and then he's going to climb this mountain and get it over the mountain the other side of the mountain is just big empty prairie right it's just it's It's, like it's it's like park it's just park land and it's like yeah, yeah. Or whatever i mean, honestly it's gonna suck there's a nuke going up it's better than destroying this town i don't know what the radiation is i like the quarry i could buy the quarry being something like if you can get this thing in a quarry <laughs> there's gonna, a quarry on the other gets... side of the mountain it's fine okay how yeah. is he gonna get out of there at the end because then he has to get out before this nuke goes off doesn't he, <laughs> he just like drops the truck and it tumbles down he salutes this truck his truck disappears <laughs> yes. like he's throwing okay. the truck away I, to I, save I, the no, town. I, Freddie, I understand that. But well, how, how far is this truck going that he's going to be the not fucking, die the fucking from the nerd nuke going here, off? Fine. The fucking nerdy ass kid in town is like, well, I've been working on the way to remote control a truck and you can just play it with an Xbox <laughs> controller so he can like sit there fucking play it on a fucking 50 inch flat screen TV run off a generator in the middle of a parking lot. Okay, Will, you happy now? You happy? The way it is, is you're right, Will. He's not that far. It's like he dumps the truck into the corner. He sees the missile fall down. Missile a nuclear missile doesn't just explode like it needs to be activated to blow up mm-hmm. or whatever it falls down and it's at the bottom of the core and he's got no truck and now he's just stuck on the mountain and he sighs and he sits there and he's like well it's two minutes till this thing goes off and he's resigned his fate but he saved the town and then who's that the sheriff the bear in the air yeah yeah comes in the air or whatever and picks him up and they fly away or drive away and the nuke goes off behind them it's the true lies finale yes what i love is we were talking about how only <laughs> a non-American could make this game and we just made this shit the most fucking American ass movie which is exactly our point there's no way there's no way you give an American a truck and you're not doing a fucking badass selfish dude who's gonna save a whole town by himself and learn the meaning of just being a proud American citizen oh um, we failed we failed on every front <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, that's, why, that's pretty good, right? Hello, I like, I like, I'm Senator Bernie Sanders, and I'm once again asking <laughs> you to rethink your script. <laughs> 
That's pretty good. The final payload being a big nuclear missile. A nuclear that he's like, payload. A wages of fear style going up this mountain trying to get it out of this valley town so that he does it doesn't destroy all their farmland and everything they've worked for because he's grown to appreciate these people. Yes. And then he um And it is And then yes. And then the people are the people that save him in the end. Like he does it, he sacrifices his truck and everything and his cool payload of coors, which for some reason he kept. No, 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 no. You do his <laughs> the sort of meeting with the goddess moment, the sort of like, you know, uh, your midpoint is after they've built the bridge, they're all going to leave the next day, right? They're all going to like, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, hooray, we can bring in supplies to save the town, right? And then you do that yes. night, he cracks open the case. Mm. That everyone gets good and drunk and has a good time, right? And, like, and then good. he That's becomes good. a member of the town, right? And so they've dry- and then right. they all wake up in a bleary hangover. And what's this? You know, like the fucking, there was an earthquake <laughs> in the middle of the night and the fucking uh, nuclear <laughs> missile silo is going to blow up. You know, Listen, the- we're playing fast and loose with all of the nuclear rules, but it's fine. Yes. It's fine. Everybody wakes up. Everybody wakes up. They're like, uh-oh, the nuke's going off. And then the guy's like, the sheriff's rubbing his head. He's like, man, what was in that non-alcoholic beer? He's like, what do you, what? that's just beer. They're like, oh, no, this town's been dry for a hundred years. <laughs> Our people, we can't handle beer. What did you do? Somebody must have turned down the nuclear missile. The idea that the flood ruined the cool, I mean, whatever. Our nuclear infrastructure is pretty shitty as it is. Yeah, yeah, so The yeah, idea yeah. that there was a big flood and something broke in this underground area because the flood, whatever, like the water came through and screwed up the coolant or whatever and this thing's getting ready to fucking go off you know whatever <laughs> okay here's what you do here's what you do. this is very good is that you do uh, throughout the second act they keep radioing for help and mm-hmm. no help ever comes from the government and they're like what's going on like why aren't they like mm. maybe the tower must have gone down or whatever and then you do as he's going around the town and like hearing little bits and pieces about the history of this town what you realize is that this town is a secret missile silo buried beneath it right from the cold war yes. and the government knows that this thing is going to go fucking thermonuclear and that's why they're not coming to help they're like shit this is like a Whoa, big fuck up yeah, or something the government like that. can't help us yeah man yeah. the government isn't going to help the little towns yeah <laughs> this is the most American ass movie. Ah, we fucked up ever. hard. <laughs> They're not gonna like this. The They're government's not gonna, not like gonna help us. Just a man in a truck has gotta stop this. It's so good. Uh, okay. You know what? You know what? I buy it. I no, like it's a it. good ass movie. I don't know if this is the snow run movie, but, but it's, it's a, a good, truck movie. It's a, it's a truck movie, that's for sure. It's a big fully bald and your movie ends with him back on the open road but he respects the law now he slows down when he goes through towns because he has a respect for them but you know he's still got a little bit of that swaggering no, attitude the, are you kidding? the final moment is the sheriff of lands and he's like thanks to you like you know we'll be able to rebuild this town in a couple months he's like no problem and then what's that off in the distance like Lawrence arabia shot a bunch of sirens of the fbi and he's like well looks like i'm done and the sheriff's like hands him the keys is like Get out of here. It looks like you got five minute head start or whatever. Yes. And then very drives, good. And then, he, and then he drives off. Because they're still <laughs> mad about the beer that he stole. <laughs> still mad about yes, the beer perfect. he stole. Perfect. perfect. This truly is it. Andre Tarkovsky's trucker movie. <laughs> we set out to make an introspective Soviet slow pace movie. And we we made propaganda, but of a different kind. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Hey, I love it. Very. This good. This makes me want to go play Snowrunner. I'm gonna be honest. Yep, agreed. Maybe you do. Okay, hear me out. What if you were gonna do <laughs> just the last thing? This is very dumb. Just to make it the most American propaganda, you do that. <laughs> What's the twist? The old missile silo is a secret Russian missile silo, and you do that. There's been communist spies in the town for years building a nuke on American soil, one piece at a time. <laughs> That's very stupid. You don't need that. Look, it's always going to be more fun doing this sort of thing. Look, we already know that Andre Tartoski one would be like his wife's dying of cancer and the truck is a metaphor for our own mortality and just moving on despite it. And over the course of the movie, his truck would slowly fall apart into pieces. He's, he keeps trying to fix it, but what he should be doing is dealing with a disaster that's going on at home. And then at the end, he like, you know, stares at a sunset as like <laughs> a beetle moves through the dirt or something. <laughs> 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 Well, there you have it. Two stories for the Holy price shit. of one today Holy on Story shit, Break. Man. Did you just off the top of your dome just give me a whole movie? And like the last image being a, like off the top of your dome, the last image being like an ironic commentary on the perambulation of nature to cross terrain and like our yes. mankind's own futility and building machines and being able 
to do the wrong thing. Yep. My God, Matt. But what movie would you rather watch? Oh, our movie. This is what's great. This is yeah. what's great because it's like you hear these stories about like Kurt Cobain, this tortured genius, came up with Smells Like Teen Spirit because he was just, you know, fucking goofing around. This is like the reverse where like we're such fucking morons most of the time <laughs> that when we're goofing around, we come up with Solaris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right all right everyone oh man oh man all right folks thank you so much for listening to story break what a what a journey and it's you know very much like a truck off road we were stuck in the mud for a while we needed some help <laughs> we towed ourselves out we made a piece of american propaganda <laughs> i think we can look back at what we did today with proud eyes us and all of our descendants anyway if you want more of us i don't know why you would but we can find us on social media twitter at RJ Story Break and then Facebook bit.ly slash storybreak FB. Join the discussion. There's all kinds of stuff going on at all times on both of those. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on their excellent podcast network. Thank you to Chad Ellis for cutting and slicing this podcast. And thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us every week on our story journey. That's it for us this week. My name is Freddie Wong. This is Big Willie over and out. 10-4. Keep your eyes peeled. Corn dogs signing out. Uh, my name is Matt Arnold. And another piece of truck lingo, when a vehicle is flipped over, it's called greasy side up. That's also what my wife calls me when I'm on my back. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean it. No. <laughs> She's there in the room with you, isn't she? What are you doing? She's giving me side eye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. These are really hard questions. They are really hard questions. I don't have any answers for that. I don't either. Sack of garbage. No. The end of the show will just be five minutes of Biz and Teresa crying and screaming until the outro is played. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.